friends! Welcome to another episode of Potions and Potpourri. This is a Dungeons & Dragons variety show podcast where your two gal pal hosts, Kayla and Keisha, talk about Dungeons and & Dragons and sometimes other TTRPG stuff. And we do live plays sometimes. We do random spur of the moment, make things up episodes. We interview people. We talk about stuff. This is our show. We do so many things. It's pretty great. It's pretty exciting. We'll keep you on your toes every time, even though we haven't done most of the other things besides talking a lot lately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good segue into what we're going to be doing soon. Yeah. So we have mentioned before that we have been kind of in the works of like other kinds of projects and trying to expand more of what we want to do because yes, this is mainly a D&D podcast, but that has opened up. Uh, the door for so many other TTRPGs. So we decided to reach out to other fellow podcasters and those that we've met just in the general community. And some of the things that we've been invited to and that we're going to be doing will be, I think the first one is Alien, uh, the tabletop RPG made by Free League. And yes, Alien as in facehuggers and xenomorphs and Ripley and all that <laughs> stuff. Um so we are going to be doing a recording of that pretty soon. Yeah, our friend um, Jeremy from Old Men Rolling Dice is going to DM for us. Mm-hmm. And we'll have some pretty special guests playing. Um, and we're playing through one of the uh, like one-shot stories yeah, that one come the- with the Beginner's Guide. Yep. game. And I think it's the first one that uh, Chariot of the Gods yeah. is what it's called, I think. And it's a great way to like introduce you to that system. Mm-hmm. So. so we'll probably be starting that end of this month, which is April. Mm-hmm. Yep. So probably pretty soon after this episode comes out, you'll start seeing information on it. Oh yeah, that's true. I personally am super stoked. Like as soon as, soon as I was told about it, I bought all the things to play it. So <laughs> and then her and Jeremy had to like fight over who was going to DM because they both <laughs> wanted to play it. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a trade off. He's going to DM this one, and then in the future, I'm going to DM Next something one. else. Yeah, so that's going to be dope. Cool. And then after that, we'll also be starting around the same time. Um, our friend Ruin Ortega from Cantrips and Coffee invited us to play with their new sponsor, who is hosting a little like D6 system game called uh, Babies and Broadswords. And it's just like it sounds. It's basically Rugrats meets <laughs> D&D. Oh, well, that one's a little ways away. That one's in May. May. Yep. Like mid-May to late May. No, it's late May. Yep. But And then probably around that same time, we'll start recording um, or get ready to record for June, for Pride Month, we've teamed up with our other friend, Affy, Affy the DM. She's going to run Thirsty Sword Lesbians for us. Oh, I am stoked for, for June that. and Celebration of Pride, which will be super fun. Yeah. And before that, slash in the middle of that, Keisha and I will be going to Utah to go to Evermore, Woo! the D&D park. So if you happen to be there, hit us up. Come find us. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be super cool, especially since, uh, at least for me, that's going to be the first time going to like a something similar to like, not like LARPing, I guess, or yeah, Ren Fair. Ren Fair. Yeah, I've never done anything yeah, like that before. It's going to be super cool. It'll be awesome. So we so, have a lot in the works. Yeah, and that'll keep us busy up through the beginning of summer, and then that'll be coming up onto our anniversary. Oh my God, when is that? Sometime in July. What? Before, sometime before right. July. Wow. Whoa. So yeah, stay tuned. Uh, keep listening to the show. We'll be doing some different content. Hopefully our regular series will keep trucking along. Eventually we'll finish Keisha's um, The Rift <laughs> campaign, campaign and do our final episode on our homebrew series of that. Uh, we have some potions that we can do and hopefully schedule another interview soon. Yeah, we definitely have... Like, within those groups that we're going to be doing those other games with and stuff, like, among them, I would definitely like to reach out and see if anyone would like to hop on our podcast and, like, talk about nerdy stuff for a little bit. It's pretty great. That's what we do. That is what we do. That's what they do. That's what we all do. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, what are you going to talk about today? Uh, So, today, our general topic for D&D is combat. And... How to make it not terrible. (laughs) Um, Because for me personally, going into D&D, combat was my least favorite part of it. 
because I'm definitely more of a role player and like intrigue and like all that kind of stuff. But then as soon as like the combat starts, I'm just like, oh, God, I'm going to sit here for 15 minutes just (laughs) waiting for other people to figure out what they're going to do. And just kind of the same, you know, hack at him, slap him, do whatever you can to make the HP go away and just uh, wait till he's dead and then move on with their lives. I don't know. (laughs) I like combat, but it can get a little dry. It can. In the sense of like, you have a fighter that can take extra attack and do like five turns and then you are a spellcaster And you have to roll to hit and you miss and then your turn's over and you're just like, cool. That's true. (laughs) After like spending five minutes going through all your spells, finding the perfect one. Right. And then it doesn't And I feel like when I've played spellcasters, (laughs) I've had this happen to me a lot where I've had an idea for like a clever spell sequence. Mm -hmm. You know, like the next three moves, I'm going to do these spells and it's going to be super awesome. And then... Like, the first one misses, and then the barbarian goes into rage and, like, makes the enemy prone, and then they run away because they're scared, and then your whole turn is, like, fucked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I mean, we've obviously... We've had some really good combat uh, sessions, for sure. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely how it's run makes a huge difference because the way it's just flat out written is very just you know all right person a roll it's a hit okay you hit great okay person b okay you roll well you miss all right person c what are you doing okay you're hiding all right (laughs) you know like it can get very just boring so uh yeah we're just basically kind of talking about ways that we have found to make it a lot more interesting and a lot more streamlined and just change it up a bit. Yeah. Because I know, like, just kind of reading a little bit into, like, 5e combat for a lot of people, like, it's nice that they changed it because it's a lot easier to manage compared to the previous system, so I've been told. (laughs) You don't have, like, a million tables that you have to, like, keep track of and all the math that you have to do. It's definitely dumbed down. You just have to, like, add to your d20 for the most part. That's, like, mostly it. (laughs) But, yeah, so for combat, what would you say... So what is your least favorite part about combat? So you were saying how, like, being spellcasters are... Kind of at a disadvantage in general? Yeah, I think think spellcast... Well, it's hard because it depends how balanced your party is. Yeah. It kind of depends who and what you're fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, And just like other elements in that. I think my least favorite part about combat is how one-dimensional it can be. Mm -hmm. Um, Where it can very easily be you're walking through the woods and you come across bandits. And then you guys all take turns attacking each other. Mm-hmm. And then you walk into a town and somebody tries to stab you. So you fight them, <laughs> you know, and it can be just very flavorless and easy to kind of fall into patterns like that. Yeah. I think that might be kind of something that can get frustrating. And also, you know, as a group, as a party, you come to expect a certain style of fighting. Mm-hmm. in your campaigns, just depending on your DM and the people that you play with. So I think that's especially important to be able to kind of break that monotony up. Yeah, you don't want to... That's a thing you don't want to fall into a routine of, per se. Exactly. Because, like you said, it's just... It's almost like you're kind of dreading the, oh, no, you ran into bandits. Roll initiative. And everyone's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, it probably won't take us that long, but also we could be doing this the next 30 minutes of the night. Mm-hmm. You know, not that yeah. that's a bad thing, but if it doesn't add anything to the story, it can be kind of just a waste of time. Yeah. Other than leveling up, which I love to do, but. Right. <laughs> it's like the main thing that people really care about in regards to combat. Cause they're like, well, you level up and yeah. get cooler stuff. But it's not very exciting if you can't use that cool stuff in a pretty bland combat. Totally. So, yeah, I definitely agree. You don't want it to be like the same one note every single time. This like two step. We know how we do it. It's just a constant like, all right, kind of roll. Nobody's really paying attention. And then if nobody's paying attention, nobody's ready. So it takes that much longer. Or if you don't understand your full moves or all of your spells or you think you can do a spell and then 
you know, it has a certain requirement or you need to be within a certain distance. Yep. You have to like, I mean, concentration <laughs> for some people, like they love the strategy, like the strategy yeah. part can be very interesting. And I do like that too, but yeah, it's just when it is the same, mm-hmm. it doesn't offer a lot linearly, you know? Yeah. So how can we spice that up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you're the DM mm-hmm. and you've, done a pretty good job of spicing combat for us up in the past oh i sure try so what are some examples (laughs) so one of the things that i first learned after trying to do better at combat because i know for me personally the worst part being a dm is all the shit i have to track (laughs) because it's like Yeah, so there's, like, the initiative of everybody, and being the DM, you have to kind of, like, know what everybody can or can't do, so you can answer questions and everything, and then you also have to know, like, the stats of the monsters, like, what are they immune to, and what do the, what conditions work or don't work on them, and, like, what's their HP, and what's all their stuff, and, like, (laughs) blah, 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 it's just, like, oh, it's so much, (laughs) Yep. but I think that's just a personal problem on my end, being overwhelmed by all that. But anyway, one way that I think really helped combat for me is trying to make it a lot more immersive by describing things a lot more. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing the whole like, all right, so you guys encounter an ogre and it wants to bash your heads in, roll initiative, okay? All right, player A, ogre tries to swing at you. Ogre missed. Okay, it's your turn. You (laughs) know, like that's just so boring. Boring. Yeah. Instead, you want to set the scene. Like, you you want to talk about, like, you feel the rumbling in the ground as the ogre, like, takes a massive step forward, lifting up its club and bringing it down mm-hmm. to swing across your skull. And, oh, you barely managed to dodge to the right. side. And, you know, you, like, want to describe it more. And people get so much more into it because you imagine it more. And it just makes it a lot more fun. And I think it's also nice to have your players describe what they're doing. You don't want to dictate what they do. Totally. I love that. I think that mm -hmm. really helps flavor the game a lot. Or we give each other suggestions, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because someone will be like, oh, I I rolled in at 20. I mean, you could say, you know, it says in the book, you double the damage. Yeah. Or I like to give my players an option of like, well, do you want to do like something extra special? Mm -hmm. Like basically give them another like free action in a way yeah do something cool or like they rescue their friend from the lava trap at the last second or whatever um yeah Yeah. i like that too that really gives you a lot more um freedom yeah exactly and usually like you'll find that i mean if you're the only person trying to run everything and tell the whole story of what's happening like it's just like in role play if you're the only one really talking it's not that exciting for everybody (laughs) so in combat, like if you like, you'll be surprised at the suggestions other people will think of. Like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? Or oh, it'd be so cool if like you managed to do this on your turn. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that instead. You know, instead of just a straight up like I, I stab him in the stomach. Yeah, and, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, you so. start wanting to make your turns more engaging mm-hmm. and do just something different, even if your best attack is to swing with your short sword mm-hmm. you can swing with your short sword like four different times right throughout your combat encounter right you know and um, have them be different mm-hmm. or, or have something different happening yeah yeah and i know keisha you especially like to add flair in the sense of us remembering battles mm-hmm. or if we take a lot of damage we get scars yeah. that we have to describe to you yep um, we get a lot of uh, emotional, <laughs> emotional <conflict>. damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, I think, another good good thing um, to talk about that you especially like to add uh, an emotional factor into mm-hmm. our games, especially when dealing with people, right? That aren't monsters. Yep. And even monsters, you kind of like to give them a little bit of uh, like hubris. Mm-hmm. I try to make it so that it's, I mean, it's so easy to also fall into the trap of the murder hobo trope, where it's just like, oh, yeah, we're so powerful. We can kill whatever we want and we feel nothing. And I'm like, I'm going to change that. I'm going to make sure you feel, <laughs> feel bad. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, definitely. Um, and that kind of ties into another idea for combat is make the monsters seem real. 
make them relatable, make Mm -hmm. them alive, not just this like, oh yeah, just your basic like creature, just kill it and move on. No, these things have like lives. They have their own kind of feelings. Some of them might be a bit more animalistic. Yeah. And others are more human, you know? Definitely play on that. And that's a really good idea too, to be like, okay, so you're attacking a creature. Why is this creature attacking the party? Is it trying to defend something? Is it trying to like eat them, (laughs) but find out that, oh, they're too strong. So in that case, it would run away. Yeah. If it knows it can't win. Like realistically, most monsters, if you think about it, don't just attack until they die for the most part. Like Mm -hmm. some of them, again, they're trying to do something. So that's a bit more important to them. And if it's not working out, then they're going to think like a player. They're going to backtrack. They're going to try to get reinforcements. They're going to try and burrow away or try a different tactic or something, you know? So that's a, a definitely a really good idea to really think about the monster like well maybe not like random ones just for fun that you kind of throw at the party every now and then that can just be whatever but if you want it memorable make the and not necessarily monster just the enemy make them interesting however way you want to do it give them like a whole story maybe have the party lead up to meeting this enemy and they're like getting clues about them and feedback or like oh you know the townsfolk they know bits and pieces about it so that you know this enemy you're going against and then have almost like maybe if it's like a humanoid have like a dialogue even if it's like you see in like tv shows or something where they have like a whole like one minute they're talking to you and talking <laughs> back and forth like battle just stops you know yeah. and it's just like blah, blah, blah. how dare you oh this is my sad story of why i must do this yep. and you're like oh that kind of actually makes sense makes sense <laughs> you know or i don't know i i definitely like to try to do that um for especially the more humanoid ones where I try to actually have a whole story with them. And even sometimes if it's a random one where the players are like, oh yeah, well, we can't get past the guards. So we just, we're just going to kill them. And I'm just like, all right. So I'm just going to have like the guards, Carol and Jerry talking about like, oh, when we get home, like I'm going to see my son, Tim. I'm going to make dinner and like da 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 da. Oh no, I'm being attacked. Yeah, like, make those feel bad. Make them feel bad because you're being terrible people sometimes. <laughs> or even just like, I think that kind of leads into another thing that we've got to witness you do mm-hmm. is uh, punish us mm-hmm. for defeating enemies in a not fair way or in a fair way and <laughs> punish us anyways. Yeah, (laughs) but you know like or even not just necessarily a punishment but encounter an enemy maybe kind of get a taste of how powerful they are realizing you can't defeat them have them leave meet them again or fight them Mm -hmm. defeat them and then they come back with totally new abilities right you know and they're just a totally different enemy for you to fight now yeah they kind of like kind of level up right thing or their like second form <laughs> has been unleashed. You only defeated the first form. But yeah, I think you have punished us plenty of times uh, by defeating some of your favorite enemies. Oh yeah. I know there was one <laughs> that, and it's funny because this was a last minute decision that I suddenly made because she was supposed to be super important, but then you managed to kill her. So I was like, ah, okay, I wanted a bit more with this character and everything. And I found a way to be like, oh, okay. So who does the killing blow? Okay, yeah, she kind of horcruxes you. (laughs) She, a piece of her is in your mind now. You're gonna have to find someone to get her out if you want, you know? So now you have this like enemy, like a piece of them, a piece of their soul trapped inside of your mind and is constantly talking to you and you can't (laughs) shut them up, (laughs) you know, like. Those are kind of fun ways, too, to kind of mess with your character or your players and kind of get them a little afraid to actually kill stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Or like this isn't an actual example of what happened to us, but maybe you put somebody into a jail sale. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to question them later. And then the party, this is something that we would have definitely done, but (laughs) the party just starts doing other shit and forgets about them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just kind of leaves them there rot. So maybe they escape uh, and then yep. they come back later yeah. and try and get their revenge on you. Yep. yep. You never know. But there's just so many ways that you can uh, spice up combat. And that doesn't necessarily spice up the like 
player versus player combat, but it mm-hmm. does add just more story to it. Right. And, like, Give gives, it a reason. Yeah, it gives people more motivation mm-hmm. to do things. Yeah, giving it giving combat a bit more of a background and more of an actual like it makes sense why you're fighting this. It's like it's for a goal or it's for, you know, it's just it's for a reason. It's not just to battle, right? you know? And that's why I never really liked the uh, random encounter kind mm, of thing as much. Um, I mean, it can be fun, but doing it like every single time a party rests or every single time they enter yeah. a forest, you know, that can get a little... Like we were saying before, it's predictable. predictable. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to only do the random encounter if it's more like just every now and then. And if they're already like on edge about something mm-hmm. or they're already on their way to something. And it's, I almost feel like it's better to not mention that you're rolling the random yeah, table, yeah. you know, just like, just kind of like, you know, everybody's walking along and they're discussing what their characters are doing and da 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 da. And you just kind of like make a roll. And I love the moment where everyone hears it and they just stop. What's that? <laughs> and they're like, DM, why'd you roll? And you just kind of look and you're like, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. Want to go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to use that yeah. instead of just doing it all the time, you know, when everyone's supposed to. Unless if everybody wants to do that, that's great. That's what you want to do. Sure. Do it. But I think those tools are actually really good for new DMs mm-hmm. or for people that struggle to add some of these elements sure. into their story. I know when I was kind of dabbling in DMing, I would use kind of random encounters. Sometimes I'd build my own, but I would also like use them from online. Right. There was a specific instance where I was DMing just a one night for our party and um, we were crossing an ocean. So I built three different mm-hmm. monsters for us to encounter. And then I just rolled to see which one would come up. So I didn't really plan it into the story. I just wanted to see what the dice would let happen. Right. And that was when you guys fought that black dragon. Yep. And it, he got polymorphed. <laughs> and then we so just short-lived. swam away. <laughs> <laughs> see, sometimes things like that could make it really memorable right? too. But I think it was either a dragon, a kraken, or like a powerful water gin. Yeah, the gin. I remember with, that. That had like a riddle mm-hmm. and everything. So yeah, you know, that's just interesting because it could be very much like the DM wants to railroad the players into a certain aspect of their story mm-hmm. and that could be kind of troublesome sometimes but maybe you just are like i would play any five of these monsters right now and we'll just see what they do and yeah. maybe one action will determine what shows up and maybe they'll see the other ones down the line or maybe not right they'll never know <laughs> and maybe if you are doing the one and the party is kicking its ass you can just be like and here comes another one <laughs> Right. I planned this. Back up. Back up. Yeah. There's two. There's four. <laughs> there's eight. Oh, God. I think- How strong are you? Hi. My name's Ruin Ortega, one of the hosts of Cantrips and Coffee. We love tabletop games. We love them so much that we can't stop talking about them or playing them. The trouble is that there's so many to choose from. Now, we could stop and just play the big one, you know, the one that everybody plays, but life is meant for more than just one game for the rest of our lives, isn't it? That's why we're determined to play the best ones. We want to know which are worth our money and which we should probably just skip. Am I close enough to any of the other survivors to reach someone's, like, leg? Yes. Can I crush that person's leg? Yes! Okay, let's... Carl is suddenly looking for a new mentor to be psyched to. <laughs> this isn't surprising. When you first did it, I was like, yeah, we got this. Like, we've just been too timid. We have been too scared to touch anything. Like, he's gonna go through, it's gonna be good. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> Join us for brand new episodes weekly on Cantrips and Coffee. I think other than storytelling and kind of adding flair to the actual enemies themselves, some other ways to spice up your combat are things with the environment. Yes, definitely. Throw in all kinds of like obstacles that you have to get through. Cover for both the players and the enemy to hide behind mm-hmm. or difficult things that terrain. they can pick up and use, difficult terrain, uh, buildings so you can get up high, yep. you know, and shoot through windows or something. Water, or, you know. open air if you can fly. Yeah, things that are flammable <laughs> for everybody's favorite fireball. Right. 
Yeah, the environment could definitely be interesting or even have it like you're on the edge of a cliff or something. And if like somebody casts a spell and it's too powerful and it hits just right, maybe the cliff crumbles and people are now falling. So you have to catch yourselves and you have to pull some of them up and Mm -hmm. oh, you're still being attacked and all this stuff. Definitely change up what's going on around them too. That definitely makes it more exciting and that makes people think outside the box more Mm -hmm. instead of just a straight up like, Oh, okay, we're on a battlefield. I'm just going to stab. You're just going to stab. We're just going to do a stabby dance. Yep, exactly. You know? Or even do something like where you have other kinds of things going on. Like, oh, no, there's like these poor animals in cages. Oh, no, there's captives tied up as well. Mm -hmm. You know? Or have it timed. Like, if you don't get, like, don't kill these guys quickly enough or do whatever you need to do to get them out of the way, like, they might end up going through with the sacrifice or whatever it is exactly. they're doing, you yeah. know? Or maybe you can only save the kitten or the puppy and you have oh. to choose. Well, <laughs> for some, that's a little easier than, it's probably a terrible thing to say, but yes. <laughs> yeah, give them like a lot more going on than just the straight up combat mm-hmm. or even have it where maybe you're in the middle of a combat and then the guy you're fighting like realizes he's about to lose So maybe, like, puts up the shield as he, like, tries to recover. And then you guys have to, like, defeat, like, you have to destroy these, like, three pillars that power his shield or something in order to actually get to him first. And that's when he throws, like, minions, you know? You kind of, some advice I was reading is play it kind of like a video game, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Like, think of your favorite video games and the more memorable fights that you had and just kind of take from that. Well, this game is very theater of the mind for a lot of people. I mean, even Mm -hmm. if you use props and digital and whatnot you're still visualizing it and seeing it right um so i think a lot of that inspiration comes from playing games yeah because we've done that and i think even the um official books say like these are just like guidelines like be flexible with it if you want because there are things like oh you know there's what is it there's like a spell where you make like oil or something (laughs) yeah oil slick you can't catch it on fire or something it's just slippery yeah it's just Just slippery slippery. yeah (laughs) Obviously, if everybody's cool with it, you could change it. So it's like, no, you can you can set that on fire if you want, you know? And you can, yeah. like, maybe alter spells a little bit <clears throat> so that they affect the environment, too, and try to use those. Yeah. I think another little tip is to, especially as a DM, is to be flexible. Yes. You know, I mean, we've talked about this before, and this is very oh, yeah. common with DMs, but fudging your roles. Yeah. Changing your HP. <laughs> um, kind of realizing that the spell you equipped is a little too strong. <laughs> <laughs> That's what enfeeblement does. <gasps> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe find out what your spells do before using them. Right. That's just a suggestion. Or just try and be clever with what you've uh, created if it's not quite working out the way you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you made it really, really easy. Let it be really, really easy. I mean, just let them win. Yeah, exactly. And whatever. I mean, make something different and be like, haha, just kidding. This is actually the bad guy. Yes. That was just <laughs> uh, like his kid. Yeah, in that training. Was, that was that was the puppet. That was actually the puppet. As yeah. you're like scribbling frantically in the back, like that was actually the uh, big bad, and they totally murdered him at only level ten. Fuck. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, be flexible. flexible. Yes, always, <laughs> and don't like you know. I mean, don't change it so much that your party is not winning. Yeah, and it goes both ways. You know, like if it's too easy, make it harder. But if it's too hard, make it easier. Yeah, yeah, there's no shame in that. Like, like the Your obvious- party will never know, unless they, like, know specifically the stats of an adult exact. black dragon. Yeah. And they know that they're strong enough level to kill it, and mm-hmm. then they don't. But still. Sure, but still, even then, you can still have your own, like, well, in this world, it's it's a it's a very powerful- Black dragons are, like, the highest order right. of dragons, so therefore, you know, and also- you want it to <clears throat> keep it interesting. Like, it's pretty obvious, I feel like, whatever table you're at, you can tell if people are engaged or not, mm-hmm. for the most part. So just tweak what you need to to keep people interested. I mean, it's a game. You're here to have fun. You're not here to win, <laughs> usually. Yeah. You're here to have fun with everybody. Mm-hmm. So 
And like you were saying, like I've had monster or we've had combat where I've definitely fudged roles because you guys were so excited about this like super complicated maneuver that all of you guys were trying to pull. And I was like, realistically, this would not work at all. And I rolled like two nat 20s in a row. But I'm going to tell them that it was a one. You know, and like, let you guys have it. Like, you guys are so excited, you know, because you thought of this together and you're having fun. And it's like, you know, you deserve it. Yeah. You deserve the win. I personally will clock that and be like, I could have totally crushed all of you. (laughs) But it's okay. You (laughs) had fun. That's what matters. Oh, good job, players. (laughs) Who's a good player? (laughs) I've definitely done that before. Oh, man. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good segue (laughs) because I wanted to just have you talk about some memorable combat that you've ran for us that you really enjoyed. Yeah, so... um, the one that I was talking about just now is when you guys fought against that badger. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the characters. It was supposed to be his totem animal because he's a barbarian. You know, he wanted it to specifically be a giant badger. So we had a whole combat planned um, of him encountering it. And it was pretty epic. And the way they like uh, the badger can dig so we had this whole thing where they're like attacking and everything and he's like grappling the badger and then the badger I'm like I'm gonna make a hole and like digging down and so we decided to have the battle underground and yeah that was pretty cool and everything and like the fact that um he was trying to do like this killing blow in like a really cool maneuver way with like his new claws and everything and technically he did fail well the badger like won that like grapple and everything and should have finished him off. But I was just like, you know, you're doing so good and you're having so much fun. And technically this is supposed to be your whole like thing and you are supposed to win this. So yeah, so I guess you win. (laughs) So you win, (laughs) you get it. Um, (laughs) That's nice. And it was really fun. The battle we just did recently actually with that mage, Mm. it was horrendously powerful. Yeah, that was scary. It was a challenge rating. Maybe I shouldn't tell you because we're still playing that and you have other enemies to play. (laughs) But he had finger of death. Yes. And it was just like such a shocker moment. You know, like we haven't played too many high level battles. Mm -hmm. Our original homebrew campaign, we were all like between levels 16 and 19. Mm -hmm. So we were fighting like, like lich gods. And, like, then literally fighting Orcus, the demon overlord. Yeah. Um, which was an impossible <laughs> battle. Yeah. But we were literally fighting, like, demons. Mm-hmm. Um, which we've talked about before. But, yeah, so it was just very scary because we kind of vaguely know that they have some very high-level spells. Yep. Oh, it was Meteor. Meteor Shower. Meteor Shower, I think. Yeah. Yeah, whatever that Meteor Dude, one was. That yeah. Was- <laughs> but that's what I was going to say. So we've that's done a right. few high level battles before so some of us as people know what high level spells can be yeah you know or like we've seen what our characters can become so Mm -hmm. we're like oh yeah that's what i'm gonna get as a level 18 sorcerer right so when we're fighting this mage that keisha brought out he has finger of death and meteor storm Mm -hmm. and a ton of legendary resistances and legendary actions yep and we were just like oh my god (laughs) I remember just we were, I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago, but yeah. we we were fighting him and Keisha goes, okay, he's going to point his finger at you. And we were like, oh, no, no, trigger. No. No. We were just like started losing our shit. And she's like, so he's going to cast finger of death. And we were just like, like screaming. Some of us like got up off the floor. It was just. Like hands on their faces. This was after the meteor yeah. shower or yeah. whatever it's called. Because it was it was great because um, so the mage was attacking one person in particular first. Everyone else was too far away. This is on a massive battlefield. A war is happening. So this guy singles out one of the players specifically. So they have a way. So everybody else is like, oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so like I'm kind of like dancing around. Like we're having a couple rounds of just a one-on-one. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God, you're so strong. What's the guy to do? <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone showed up on the map, like at various different points, too. And as soon as they did the next turn, I was just like, all right. So he's just going to go ahead and cast the meteor attack. And everyone was like, what the fuck? He's a mage? Yep. Super <laughs> so I did power. that first and like 
basically everybody reduced their health by a third. Yeah. Maybe a half. So I think what got us is like, so a few, like one or two of us knew what this spell was just because we've seen it as spellcasters looking to level up into that. Yep. Um, but we didn't know because you had to get onto your phone and use digital dice mm-hmm. because it's 20, <laughs> 20 D6 fire damage. 20 D6s. Yeah. And it's a pass or fail save. And so here's a fun note that you get to learn. Okay. So when I did that, it's 20 D6 fire and... 20d6 bludgeoning. Oh my god. I only did the fire damage. I <gasps> didn't do the bludgeoning Dude, one. Dude, you fucked him up. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Because after I rolled all that and like half of you were prone and half of you were screaming literally, I was like, <laughs> I'll just stop there. Oh my <laughs> because god. that is a lot. And it targets four different people that you can see. And I think each meteor has like a 40 foot oh, yeah. radius. Everybody was easily hit. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. <laughs> Even the barbarian that has like almost 300 health points. Oh, that was so satisfying. Side note, Keisha hates rogues and barbarians. She and does. And side note. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them <laughs> so much. I want them to die. <laughs> that was that same battle that we learned that um, Nat 20s affect oh my God. rogues sneak attack die as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yep. Fun fact, it's in the book, if you didn't know this, but rogues can double their sneak attack die as well as their critical hit die. Yeah. When they rolled out 20. Yeah. So that happened on our <laughs> fucking rogue. Love you, hate you. <laughs> and when he doubled that, in the back of my mind, I was like, I should have done that bludgeoning damage. Like, I could have doubled it too. I could have doubled it, yo bitch. <laughs> so... But my character didn't die. I didn't alter the HP at all. Wow. Not at all. That's good. It was just straight up what it was because, oh man. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> it was really good. And there's like so many more of those people to fight in this battle. Yep. Cool. Yay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. Like we've been talking about, it won't be the same. Yep. <laughs> Great. Yeah, that's a fun little uh, anecdote though. Yeah, that was, it was a fun battle. Like it's... I like it to the point where, A, you want it to either be like, in my eyes, like an absolutely absurd, ridiculous battle where you're trying to fight for your friend who got turned into a rubber ducky (laughs) 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 versus something that legitimately puts everybody on edge and they're like really excited, but also kind of scared they might die, you know? So I like those two things. Like Mm -hmm. it could be separate or together or however, but in battle, I want everybody to have a lot of fun or like kind of freaking out Uh and kind of scared and really strategizing and really pulling out what they can to like really (laughs) kill this guy fast because, oh God. (laughs) So yeah, that was a really good one. Um, Man, yeah. Other things that you can do in combat that I don't know that we really touched on is, I mean, kind of like what we've already said. So if you find out that it's not strong enough, just silently double the HP. Or if anything, maybe not double the HP. If you think battle goes on too long, maybe keep it small, but make them hit hard. Mm -hmm. Like if they hit one character, they are down mm-hmm. like maybe not quite like knocked out but like at least like half health or have some you know? kind of psychological effects i mean that's a good chance to check mm-hmm. out how you can use the conditions more yeah you know? utilize those like afraid prone petrified grappled paralyzed. petrified paralyzed immobilized that's Enamored. not a condition yeah exactly <laughs> charmed charmed um that's a good way to kind of add some flair to your battles especially if you the dm know your character's weaknesses exactly because i've had there was another battle with that fucking barbarian <laughs> love you hate you <laughs> where like again play the enemy smart so this character knew that that barbarian was going to fuck him up. So he literally used an attack to specifically paralyze him first. Mm-hmm. And then he went mm-hmm. for everybody else. And <laughs> the barbarian was stuck in, I don't know if it was technically paralysis or something. He was somehow unable to move and he couldn't break free of it yeah. for like 
two because rounds. Because he kept failing his wisdom saves. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> because so, that's what he's worse at. Play it smart. Like, don't really feel bad if you know your player's weaknesses and stuff. So there could be certain enemies that, like, it's targeting player A. They would know the weakness of that player A because of background information because of spies or you know however mm-hmm. it ties into the story don't necessarily do it just to be a dick yep <laughs> do it for actual like story reasons you know so that person's like going after player a and they know all the things and the secrets and how to like really push your buttons and everything and player a happens to be very vulnerable against those kind of attacks totally but then the rest of the players are there too and that could be like a bonding moment you know use it that way um you could always it's definitely a good idea if it's not like too much to juggle like adding again more minions you know you have like a big bad and he has a bunch of like skeletons or zombies yes whatever something to distract the other people right so throw in minions um you could even do man what else oh another thing that's really fun to do is attacks that don't take away health but like it reduces your strength mm. or it reduces your yeah. constitution that score. That really adds a layer of fear yes. to the battle. Mm-hmm. Or like what's happened recently where we had a player fight somebody and he lost his max HP permanently. Yeah. And so he ended up going from almost 200 health points to 20 and his max HP was 20 for the rest of the battle. Yeah. Yep. Like what the fuck? Yeah. He's a fighter. <laughs> We, he's like, I can't even play this game anymore. <laughs> that was pretty intense. He was ready to die by that point. He, he was, was like, all right, I'm going to go down swinging at the very yeah. least. <laughs> but he still won. Oh, there was another battle in a different game that we're in uh, with a ghost. Oh, my God, the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently... <laughs> Goblins hate ghosts. Apparently, (laughs) ghosts are scary. If they scare you so badly, and if you fail your (laughs) roll so badly, you lose 4d10 years. Or you you age 4d10 years. And he he rolled a, I think he rolled a three. Mm -hmm. And he's a goblin. So they don't live for very long. They only live to like 60, 60. And he was... Already he like was 30. Basically, like in his 30s. And he was like, Did I just die mm-hmm. <laughs> from fear? Yeah. So that was that was fun. <laughs> and now, you know, so he was literally a geriatric goblin after this. Yeah, like instantly. And <laughs> he has a permanent fear of ghosts. Yeah. He is literally emotionally scarred by this ghost <laughs> that we fought. See, that's a fun flavor. Yeah, thing. it like, is. Because I mean. If you think about it, that's traumatizing. It like, was. He suddenly immediately aged you know? in seconds yeah. from seeing this ghost. And we as people have fought wraiths and mm-hmm. similar like spectral things before. Right. I mean, there's some of that in Curse of Strahd. Yep. But they're not, that's not something we've ever encountered before. Yeah. To the effect of you will age permanently mm-hmm. unless you can find a very powerful mage to reverse it. Yep. Which... Me being the kind DM was like thinking about this as this happened because I was like, uh oh, it worked. Uh oh, he's old. Uh oh, he's gonna die. Um, okay, let's 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 think of a plan because they're gonna try to ask like, where the fuck do I go to fix this? Okay, I have suddenly created a mage that can actually fix this if they do this one thing. And okay, okay, we're good. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. I'm in control always. Yeah. So things like that and like. With the badger fight, uh, he left a huge scar across the barbarian's chest because that attack was so heavy mm-hmm. and it was an at 20 that he decided he wanted those scars. Like, he liked bears all the time. Yep. And I mean, there are other battles that I wasn't there for, but one of um, our players, his character like lost his eyesight. He lost his fingers. Yeah, permanently. And, like, he right. was really messed up from... A pretty major I mean, battle. in that same story, my character died. Mm, and that's right. We, yep. the party, paid to have her resurrected by a high level magic user. And the uh, resurrection spell, you have to roll on a chart to see what body you come back into. Yep. Totally. So random. I was a tiefling 
a female tiefling and I came back into a male wood elf body. Yep. So the stats changed. For the rest of the game, I was a male wood elf. (laughs) Yeah, it was ridiculous. My stats changed. I I was lucky with my DM because I got to kind of multi-race and multi-class. I got to take a little bit of each. Nice. And get rid of some of the other ones. Very kind DM. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, then it was kind of just this whole thing, like, misgendering me and then, you know, not really sure if I... You know, I was acting like a tiefling, but everybody could see me looking like a wood elf, (laughs) you know, but I could still speak infernal and I still had like all these weird tiefling powers, but I was just like dainty, nice little wood elf that was also chaotic evil eventually trying to take over the demon lord. Yeah. So it was just, it was really exciting that way. And there was another one. I'm just uh, remembering that I put you guys through. The mirrors. Mm. So you guys were in a room of mirrors, and mm. the only way to get through... That was really cool. You had to go into the mirror and fight your opposite, opposite self. self. Yep. Because whoever won, that one would come out. Yeah. So if you were lawful that good, you were fighting a chaotic evil mm-hmm. version of yourself. And one of our characters was close to that. It was like... He was lawful good. Lawful good, was it? Okay. I think so, because he came out chaotic evil. Or maybe he was chaotic good and came out lawful evil. Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it could, you know, you could use it in a way, uh, these combat encounters, to, like, literally change the players, too, and their characters, rather. And they go forward terrified of ghosts, or (laughs) a completely different person, or missing a hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many ways that, like, not only do you just make the combat itself memorable, but the repercussions of it. Totally. Afterwards. And it carries know? over into your game. Exactly. And obviously, you, being the DM, like, you don't want to really force this kind of stuff on your players and their characters. That is kind of cruel. Definitely, like I said before, let the care like the players decide their mm-hmm. fate of like, all right, you got an at 20 and that took over half your health. Like, you want to scar from this? How how yeah. do you choose to scar right. yourself from this? And some people are like, it would make sense if I lost an eye. It would yeah. make sense if I lost my right hand. It would make sense if da-da-da-da, I lost an ear. And I guess it depends on how you play, but you know, you could even we play this way, but if your character is about to die and your DM rolls a nat 20 or you roll a crit fail, your DM is like, dude, I mean, your character's gonna have to die. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do? Yeah. Do you actually want you, the person, want to lose your character? Like, we can talk about it, but I mean, he's not coming back from this the way he was before. Right. Like, we do respect ones and 20s, at least our table. Yeah. Pretty heavily. Yeah. So it's like, But it's still also, you know, let's keep this within the realm of what is good for everybody, ultimately. And that's, you know, we had something like that happen in one of our first campaigns where our bard (laughs) crit failed after drinking a genie in a bottle. (laughs) And uh, dear Keisha twice looked at at him. Crit failed. Yeah. Twice. Crit failed twice. Yeah. And said, um... Yeah. I don't think you can survive this. Yeah, I was like, you literally... I I don't... It's it's a genie, because he didn't know what it was. Yeah, well, because then he was... So... It was kind of this moment between you two where you were like, how mad are you going to be if I kill your character? And he was like, fuck it. Kill my character. Yeah. You know, and you're like, good, because he should probably die. (laughs) Yeah, so there's no way out of this. A genie's gonna burst out of you like a bob baby xenomorph <laughs> like um <laughs> i don't know what to tell you you know and and we've had another time where technically uh oh fun fact for another idea for combat you can have people in in different environments such as i had you guys fight inside of a worm before mm-hmm. that was interesting yeah. like if you guys got knocked off and you fell too many levels down, you would end up in the digestive system and yep. instantly die. Oof. So there is stuff like that too. Anyway, um, in that worm, one of your characters technically should have died mm. because he failed his saves um, being like absorbed into the stomach oh, yeah. three times in a row. Yeah. And that's literally what it is. If you fail on your third fail, uh-huh. you get absorbed and you're dead. Yeah. So, 
but we worked it out because he <laughs> still wanted to be his character and we figured out like a huge sacrifice that he had to make in turn of that, which I talked about in a previous episode. Don't know which one though. Oh, <laughs> well, you'll have to listen to them all. I think it was one of our rift ones because yeah. it's in the rift camp. Sure. Um, but I mean, we talked about it. We figured out a way to get around it, which actually works with the lore too, which was awesome. And we were both pretty happy from that. So yeah, definitely. If you're ever going to go into that territory, maybe ideally figure out ahead of time, like how bad is it if your characters die? (laughs) (laughs) And if they do, or if you don't want them to, let's, let's just discuss other options you know if you guys are open to that yeah i'm not gonna say this is how it is for everybody like it's your game it's your dm it's your players you guys figure it out but for us we're usually good about just like making sure we have a good like Mm -hmm. consensus on what the outcome should be totally but yeah that's a lot about combat yeah i think we gave some pretty good insights you especially were able to kind of give people some more specific ideas on how to spice combat up yeah how to make it interesting how to make it memorable how to keep it flowing and add some nuance to it make it not so like static and everyone just as soon as they hear roll initiative oh yep (laughs) you know like you don't want that you want it to be exciting you want it to be part of the story and there's definitely people out there where they live for the combat they want the dungeon of dungeons and dragons right so that's what they always want to have that and it's you know all the strategy and like the leveling up and it's great that's awesome uh these are just this is just coming from the point of view of someone who prefers the role play and wants to make combat a bit more different so yeah uh hopefully you guys enjoyed some of these suggestions if you have any definitely let us know Uh, is there anything that we didn't cover that you do at your game you can tell us at potions and potpourri at instagram is our best and most active social media platform Mm -hmm. we have an email though i will say nobody's used it in the 30 episodes that I've said it, I haven't Use gotten a it. single email from Be you the folks. Be the first. Be the first. We'll we put it on social you. media if you want. <laughs> Potions and potpourri at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Do you like something? Do you hate something? Do you want to talk about something? Do you want to tell us a funny story or a joke? Um, the Instagram page has lots of good content about the episodes, about yeah. us as people, about D&D in general. We share with other creators and you'll be able to see our collabs. And we're also on Facebook if you are into that too. Well, thanks everybody for listening to yet another episode. This has been Keisha. This is Kayla. And until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Bye.